0: Hey, Dean. Hey, Wags. What you doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. From Barney's Legends Podcast, we've got a uh, former professional bartender here. Wags, what are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should bake a Bernie Blast. And of course, we're going to be using Leaf Spirits Vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave shall we? So yeah. let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass. So this is like a health drink then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to just cover that with ice. And then, now, we're going to move over to the side. And uh, if we could come in here and take a close look. Uh, We're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. We've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco? Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, Dina? I I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Um, as much as I love where your head's at, in, it's blue. And then we're going to put in some ginger ale, four and a half ounces of lemonade. All right. And now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we can just go ahead. This is an old bartender trick when you're at your tailgate. Just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink glass with the OJ. We're ready to go. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of this Leap Spirit Vodka. Whatever it's in, it's gonna be really good, I know that. All right, and finally, we are going to garnish with a lemon twist. Okay. There's the gold portion of our green and gold. I like it. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike, let me have a sip. It's delicious, smooth, Leap Spirits Vodka. Terrific. Thank you, Ags. Absolutely.
1: Cheers. Go back up. Every year I know we are gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart's Star. All my cheese heads, go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cutting no slack. No, I
0: ain't the best sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.
1: Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane and uh, we are getting ready. The Packers have won three in a row. Our playoff hopes are alive and well and we'll be welcoming the or not so welcoming to the Minnesota Vikings here in week 17 coming to Lambeau Field. Dane, how are you doing this evening, man?
2: Great, man. Wags! uh, happy holidays to you and anybody who's joining on Facebook. uh, We haven't streamed the last couple of weeks. Our pods are still available, but we haven't streamed. And uh, I'm doing great, man. We're on a uh, three-game winning streak. We've got a couple home games. We need a little bit of help. But um, who would have thought six, seven weeks ago, if you would have told me that uh, the next two games matter a heck of a lot and that we could potentially go and, and get a playoff berth. I, I tell you, maybe you might be a little crazy, and it's clearly not the case. This is a Packers team that's shown so much resilience. I am fired up. Week 17 is going to be jumping, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, if, if the Commanders lose, look out, because then we're really talking, but this is Packer football at its finest. Playoffs started a few weeks ago. Week 17 is a playoff game, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, and that's the key. Last week and the week before, we we're talking about a lot of things that had to happen, including the Packers continuing exactly. to win. And and now we're basically down and I realized, yes, the Giants could lose both games. Pack that's another way for the Packers to get in uh to be honest with you, I don't see that as a very likely scenario at, at this point um so just hope for the commanders to lose and the packers to keep winning and then uh we could be going into week 18 with a semi playoff game on our hands with the detroit lions coming to lambeau field and the packers being able to control their own destiny so um how things have changed in just one week and uh, it started of course with getting a big win down in Miami on Sunday, on Christmas Day. So, Dane, that was a nice gift from Santa to all of us in Packer Nation. Um, So let's just maybe do a quick recap before we get into the Vikings game. Uh, What were some of the things that really stood out to you? Um, I, I mean, I think, you know, you could cover a lot of different things, but uh, for me, it, it started with the turnovers. Uh, the Packers were able to generate four turnovers, three of them in the fourth quarter, uh, one big one at the end of the first half. Uh, but I think that was the story of the game. Um, and, and then you can get into some of the, the nuts and bolts of, of some, some of how the Packers were able to come away with the victory from there. But it does not have to start with those turnovers and the defense stepping up and getting three interceptions in the fourth quarter to seal that game.
2: I mean it's huge, right? This is a Packer team that generally speaking, when they get turnovers outside of this year and they 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 get at least one turnover, they win the football game um, so this you know the football is about getting those turnovers and I thought the defense did a great job. It was a tough first half, man. It was tough sledding early in the game, but the the Packers defense took a lot of advantage. Uh, in the second half, I thought that they were that ball hawking defense and frankly, kind of who we've been expecting them to be a lot of the year um, our, a, a number of guys stepped up at different key moments. We weren't relying on one guy here or there. And um, that's that's what we're going to need more of, Wags. Um, we've seen this Packer team in previous iterations when they get hot. Sure, the offense is humming. But. But really, the defense maybe isn't isn't um, you know your iron curtain defense so to speak. But generally, when this packer team's rolling, it's because um, they come up with key stops and key moments in football games. And and uh, last week we saw them do it against Tua and this Miami Dolphins team. The defense uh, was opportunistic at the most important key times, and they were able to um, make some major stops. And the offense was able to go ahead and, and put the game away. So huge huge um, opportunity I think for this defense to continue to stay hot and it's not going to get easier uh, and frankly it's going to get a lot harder I think against Justin Jefferson and this Minnesota Vikings offense but this is a Packers defense that's rolling this is a Packers defense that's trusting in each other a lot more than we saw earlier in the year and this is a Packers defense that seems to be clicking uh, quite a bit more so um, I'm I am actually pretty um, uh, optimistic going into this week
1: yeah. And speaking of maybe just sticking with the defense, um, in addition to those takeaways, you've got to give them some credit. Um, both the players and the defensive coaching staff clearly made some adjustments after yes. giving up some big plays, uh, both to uh, Jalen Waddle in the long 84 yard touchdown pass, uh, and then a couple of long throws to Tyreek, Tyreek Hill. And, um, and really in the run game, uh, they were getting gashed pretty good. In the first couple of series, it seemed like the Dolphins were just running at will, uh, but they were able to hold Miami just 24 yards rushing in the second half. Yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, once they were able to do that and kept uh, those uh, both Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill f- in front of them and, and pretty much in shack, I didn't realize they still both made a couple of catches in the second half, but they're going to do that. They've done that to every team in the league. Um, so I, I think they did about as well as you could do against those guys in the second half. Uh, But to me, the second story of the game for the defense was being able to uh, make some adjustments because it looked like it was going to be vintage um, rushing game for Raheem Mostert, and that just brings back nightmares. Uh, But they were able to strip him, Jaron Reed with a big Mm -hmm. strip, um uh, and a uh, recovery uh, fumble late in the first half and i think that was probably may have arguably been the biggest play of the game because miami was just about to cross midfield and at worst it looks like they're going to go probably get in field goal range uh but that's that's a big swing because uh that got the packers within 7 points before the half uh, and then uh, they were able to go and score in that first uh, series of the second half, a nice long drive, and it's just a different ball game. Miami was never really able to get a lot of rhythm on the ground after that. It looked like uh, the Packers, uh, with uh, all respect to Dean Lowry going out with an injury, but uh, with with Devontae Wyatt and T.J. Slayton getting some more snaps, um, and, and uh, obviously with Jaron Reed having a heck of a game, I thought Kenny Clark yeah. was his usual active self. Uh, that looked like a different defensive front than what we've seen all season. Um, so, you know, you never like to see guys get hurt, but uh, let's just call it how it is because you and I both have been calling for a change there since the heck before the season started with Dean Lowry. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, unfortunate for Dean, I, 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 it's, <laughs> but, I think it might actually get us uh, the the best players on the field on that defensive line here down the stretch. So, um, so that was another big thing I think with the defense. Um, on the offensive side, Dane, uh, we're gonna have to be a lot sharper and more efficient this week against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, we can't uh, we can't rely on four takeaways. Um, that would sure be nice. I would take it, but two for fourteen on third down and two for five in the red zone. Um, that's not going to get it done. So, what are some adjustments? Uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but what did you think of the mm-hmm. offense and the lack of efficiency at times? Um, not necessarily playing complimentary football. Um, only scored nine points off of a ninety-three-yard kick return from Kayshawn Nixon and two interceptions. Uh, so uh, and and a fumble recovery for that matter. So, um, just a, a, we we need to turn those. Uh, opportunities into touchdowns and not field goals. And uh, we've got to we have to be better on third down. Um, so uh, talk to me about what you were seeing from uh, the offense and, and the lack of efficiency uh, against this Miami defense this past week.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, Wags. I thought that one of the um the 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 big punches in the gut early in the game was Yash Nyman's injury. Um, that totally shuffled things around. Um, Royce Newman needed to come in in a pinch and play at that right tackle uh, spot. Um, now I thought Royce actually played pretty good football overall. Um, for for what you can expect from him, but that did. Really shake things up. Um, I thought Royce was pretty good in pass pro, run protection. Not as as solid, not as strong. And and you know, anytime you lose a guy along the offensive line, that's been. Um, as consistent as Yash uh, Naiman, it's going to make things, uh, you know, I think a little bit more, more difficult, but um, what I'd like to see this Packers uh, offense continue to do is is ride the running game as much as possible. And um, yet again, we saw moments where Aaron Jones just didn't get touches on the field. And I thought that that was actually um, pretty noticeable at one point. I I actually thought Aaron Jones may have been hurt. Um, There was a critical third down in the second half where Patrick Taylor Uh, got a catch and and converted a first down. And we love Patrick, but I was shocked that, you know, AJ Dillon was getting a ton of touches and then Aaron Jones didn't get the touch next series. Aaron Jones is out there on the field. So um, I'm kind of curious what the the share, this timeshare is at the running back position. And, um, you know, I think it's plain as day that Aaron Jones is probably the most dynamic player on this Packers offense, consistently speaking. Um, so I was a little surprised that he didn't get as much run as he would get, um, you know, if I was a head coach, I guess I should say. Um, but, um, you know, all of that's to say, I'd like to see more consistency uh, out of the running game, but I would like to get Get, see a little bit more of our, our biggest playmakers getting touches. And that includes Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I completely agree. Uh, Yash Nyman is a, probably one of our best run blockers up yeah. front on the offensive line. Uh, so that's definitely going to make an impact. Uh, Aaron Jones got, only got 25 snaps. In this Are you game. surprised by yeah. that? I'm sur- I don't understand that. I really don't get it. Well, he's been listed on the injury report going back to before the buy. Uh, I thought he was feeling a little bit better But maybe he, you know, he didn't get as much work as we expected against the Rams either. And so it it seems apparent that he might still be nursing some of those injuries. Um, He would be out on the field more than that. So it wasn't just that he wasn't getting touches, which has been a sore spot, I think, for us and most Packer fans all season. But he ended up with six carries and and two catches. So, you know, it's a 33% uh, touch rate based on the number of snaps he got. Uh, It's it's not bad. That's actually pretty, pretty high uh, for a running back. So in some ways, it it makes me think that he is probably dealing with with some of those injuries a little bit more than what we know. And uh, perhaps uh, a couple of those series, he just wasn't ready to get out there. And so they were holding him back. He was able to get in at the end of the game, like you said earlier, for that big 18-yard run. Uh, So that was big in, in that moment. Um, so I'll be curious to see if he's healthier this week because um, I was expecting big things out of Aaron Jones both of the last yeah. few weeks, but when you when you're only out on the field for you know just over a third of your offensive snaps and you're also only converting two for 14 on third down, it's hard to establish and get a rhythm and a run game going. Uh, you've got to get first downs in order to really run the ball. Uh, so uh, it, it, the game flow and what you got to give the um, the defense of the Miami Dolphins, I guess, some credit. They were, they were really pursuing um, uh, really well. Uh, it looked like, uh, they had a, a pretty good angle on a lot of those stretch runs that they like to run off tackle. And um, unfortunately, there just wasn't a lot of holes for either Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon to get much going on the ground. Um, thankfully, you know, we were able to be somewhat efficient in our first and second down passing situations, um, uh, mm-hmm. because, <laughs> um, that otherwise it would have been uh, really bad. Um, Second and fourth quarter offensively, we just weren't very sharp. Second quarter, I think, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, we just really struggled uh, with everything, run, pass. And, and Aaron Rodgers had some great throws in this game, but he was not sharp at all in that second quarter. I thought he came out pretty well the first quarter. Second quarter, really struggled, well, and yeah. the offense couldn't get anything going. So um, so we're going to need – I asked you last week – Um, if we could get some vintage Aaron Rodgers performances, he was okay against Mm -hmm. this this, uh, Dolphins team, but I didn't think he was all that great uh, for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, we're going to need him to be better too. Uh, And then, of course, Christian Watson uh getting oh. hurt and missing the second half um the way he was involved uh, got eight targets in the first half uh i think it's hard to sometimes adjust to a game plan on the fly when you've got that someone like that that's that, that's clearly that heavily involved in the past game so um, so i think those were the main things uh, that really stood out to me but uh definitely need to be better situationally uh in both third down and in the red zone um uh, so i'm hoping that with a week to you game plan uh, uh, we can find some other ways to get some some more guys involved and to take some pressure off of that wide receiver group in the past game. Thanks
2: right. so you mentioned Christian Watson and, and and as we start to transition into into this injury report um he's somebody that did not practice um yesterday did not practice again today Matt LaFleur coach LaFleur had said that he thought Watson was going to be able to uh, practice Uh, in some capacity today. It looks like that didn't happen. How concerned should we be after the Thursday no practice of Christian Watson not playing on Sunday? Because uh, I'll be honest, I was really proud of this Packers offense in the second half to be able to, you know, win a football game without Christian Watson because he's been such a a catalyst for um, winning some games in the last couple of weeks. So how important is it that Christian Watson gets out there even in a limited capacity on Sunday?
1: Well, it it would be nice, but I I guess I don't think he's probably going to play. I mean, we'll see if he gets out there and practices tomorrow on Friday, but um it looks like he's if he's a DNP and he was pulled completely and was actually in street clothes on the sideline in the second half. Nice. Now, it didn't seem like there was a huge concern that this is a major injury. So that's that's the good thing. Um however, um based on his injury history this season, I hate to say it, but he's just had a hard time staying healthy. Um, he's missed a lot of games this year. So I, I I don't know if it's just a lot of bad luck. Um, I'm sure that's part of it, uh, but he it his history doesn't tell me that he's going to be able to turn around on a, um, a shorter week here and be able to be prepared to go here on Sunday. Uh, so we'll see. Now, that being said, in a one game situation, we can have the whole week to prepare and game plan, um, for not having Christian Watson. It's certainly an impact. Um, thankfully we saw Alan Lazard was able to make a long catch, uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday. So we can u- utilize that in a one game situation. Um, tight ends were able to get a little bit more involved, not heavily involved. Uh, but it was great to see Mercedes Lewis, uh, make some yeah. big time catches, uh, both the touchdown and, and that long catch down the sideline. Um, And then Bob Tunyon only had one catch. Big catch, though, on the final drive of the game. Um, Deguara and Tunyon just haven't really been involved at all as receivers in the past game um, for a while now. So um, is that something that the Packers could be able to adjust and game plan this week uh, to give a few more opportunities for those tight ends to get involved, especially since it looks like David Bakhtiar is going to be ready, hopefully, to be back he's been practicing returning from that emergency appendectomy so um you know you have to figure that with Bakhtiari back and I saw Yash was practicing but even if he's not ready to go you figure Zach Tom probably flips over to right tackle if Nyman's not ready to go feel pretty good about that situation for the Packers offensive line um and so maybe they're able to get away with sending those tight ends out and being involved in the pass game a little bit more rather than holding them back to block uh quite as much so um you know, we'll talk about this Vikings front. Uh, they can get some pressure. They've, they've got some familiar guys, obviously. But um, I, I think there's ways that the Packers can be prepared in game plan without Christian Watson. Certainly, it's great if we have him out there. It's better if we have him out there. What he's meant to this Packers offense and getting this offense playing at a higher level is very clear. Um, there's no argument there. Uh, but, um, certainly, uh, this isn't a world beating Vikings defense. So we should be able to find other ways to, um, win battles and exploit them and be able to be efficient out there on Sunday. I
2: mean, how fortunate are we that you talk about Zach Tom? I mean, Zach folks, Zach Tom was a fifth round draft pick, right? Fourth round, fifth round draft pick. Um, uh, for the Packers this this last off season, so he's a rookie, uh, deep draft pick, and we're talking about like, oh yeah, so you know if if Bakhtiari can go, we'll just and not, and Yash is hurt, we'll just flip him to the right side. I mean that says so much about how good Zach Tom has been for this Packers offensive line this year. Um, dare I say he's a mini Elton Jenkins? He's a guy who's who's been successful and plays across the offensive line. And and folks, let me tell you most NFL teams are fortunate if they can field a decent starting five and to have somebody like Zach Tom on this offensive line that can swing around and theoretically play any of the five positions is so, so damn important uh, to this Packers team and it helps with the engine and keeps things going. So I got to give Zach Tom a little bit of a shout out, some love. Um, Weggs, the other major injury, I think on this Packers uh, injury report on Thursday is Kayshawn Nixon. Kayshawn Nixon has been um, significant, to say the least, for this Packers team in the last number of weeks. Um, did not practice yesterday, did not practice yet again today. Um you hearing anything? Are, are we expecting Romeo Dobbs to return kicks and Randall Cobb to return punts? Uh, what do you think is going to happen with uh, Kayshawn Nixon?
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, similar to Christian Lawson yeah. with not, not practicing so far this week. And with the, I think it was a groin injury, uh, sometimes right. with those soft tissue injury, you have to be a little bit concerned that that might be something that could linger and they may not be ready to go out there right away that following week. Um So uh, we'll see. They could just be giving him a little bit of extra rest in lieu of that being a soft tissue injury as well. Um And let's, let's see if he can get out there tomorrow uh, in limited capacity, see how it feels. And that, that I think will probably be the plan if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um Again, it didn't seem like there was any apparent or specific play that I saw that he got hurt. Um, I think the the radio crew that was listening to the game, they thought it happened on the the long return, but he was out there on the next kickoff. So right. if that's the case, it, it wasn't like something acute or you know immediately apparent. So, um, in any event, it it's something that's clearly affecting him a little bit. That's that could be a big loss at this point. Huge Same loss. with Christian yeah. Watson. I mean, we're talking about two guys that have really. <laughs> been true difference makers for the Packers in the last few weeks and and getting the special team turned around and this offense turned around. So, you know, these aren't minor injuries. These aren't guys that we came into the season counting on, but these are pretty major injuries at this point if they're not able to go. Um, so I, I despite what I said about a one-game plan for Christian Watson, I mean, the same is going to have to be true in the special teams the return game. Um, I expect it will be Randall Cobb on punts and Romeo Dobbs on kick returns. Um, the kick returns that Dobbs got He was okay. Um, Certainly didn't have the electricity that Kayshaun Nixon has. Um, You could tell that he's not quite as comfortable in that role as Kayshaun Nixon clearly is. Uh, So I think this is one of those weeks where you kind of just put a Band-Aid on it and maybe tell the guys not to be quite as aggressive. Um, Let's just take some touchbacks. Let's take some fair catches. And let's just get out on the field without any further damage done. Um, You know, I, I trust Randall Cobb but that hasn't been a big responsibility that he's had in quite some time. So he's usually back there. And like uh, when we're in our, our punt safe situations, uh, if they're going to try to pin back late in the game, big situation sure handed, but um, you know, so we'll get through it. It, It's not anything that we can't get through, uh, but uh, certainly would be nice if case John Nixon, uh, depending on how he feels is, is able to go uh, because that's a, that's a difference maker. The Packers uh, had truly amazing field position as a result of having Kayshawn Nixon out on the field in their first two possessions and got 10 points out of it. Um, it wasn't because the offense did anything amazing. It was because right. Kayshawn Nixon single-handedly <laughs> put them in a the position uh, to score some points. So, um, so yeah, that's a big impact. I, I dare say that might be as much, if not more, of an impact than Christian Watson missing this wow. game. Wow. No, I mean that and the, that that
2: is high praise, right? But that shows Kayshawn Nixon has been flipping the field. He flips the field for this Packers offense every time he seems to t- seemingly touches the ball. Uh he's just that dynamic. Um Wags, outside of these injuries um uh, from the Packers, I mean I I would argue those are the most significant injuries. Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, on, on the practice field as a limited participant. He's going to go on Sunday. There We have zero doubt Aaron is, you know, if he's going to go, he's going to go. Uh, but Minnesota, Garrett Bradbury, the starting center, uh, did not practice the last couple days. This is going to sound kind of silly. I kind of wish he would play. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, Kenny Clark has dominated Garrett Bradbury, since he's come into the league. like Garrett, Bra- Garrett Bradbury has had the worst performances of his time, probably in football pads, against uh, Kenny Clark. So um, Bradbury, not not a participant the last couple of days, but I don't know if that helps the Packers, because Kenny Clark just seems to have his number.
1: It's so funny you said that, because you I knew you were going to highlight Garrett Bradbury, I and I was going to say, Dane, the way that you've... Praised and, and really seen Kenny Clark dominate Bradbury ever since he's come into the league. Um, and you've highlighted that almost every matchup we've had every in game. Minnesota <laughs> the last couple of years. Uh, are we sure that we don't want him out there? So yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, look, he's a he's a good player, um, you know, and certainly I think it does benefit the Packers if he's not out there, um, even in, in spite of that that matchup. So. We'll see. He's got the back injury. Um, That could also be one of those situations where they're just giving a little bit of extra rest, monitoring him over the course of the week and see how he goes. Um, Vikings have something to play for here. Um, They're fighting to get a one or two seed. Um, I don't think they need this game, obviously, nearly as much as the Packers do. So I would expect that if, if they're in doubt probably will go ahead and rest Bradbury or any other players that pop up on on injury report here. Um, because the reality is, is that, um, you know, they've got their division locked up. They're going to be a top three seed and they're going to have a home game in week one. Catching Philly is not out of the question, but still a pretty big long shot considering Philly holds the tiebreaker over minnesota so i I think just the reality is is that um you know if someone like bradbury is kind of questionable my guess is he probably won't go Uh, Mm. so we might be seeing uh someone a backup shift in there on the minnesota offensive line Uh, the way this defensive line played last week if we can replicate that it's not just Bradbury versus Kenny Clark, I think uh, this defensive line specifically uh, could really cause some problems for this Minnesota front. Minnesota's got a talented offensive line, uh, but they've had some real problems uh, being consistent in the run game. Uh, they've given up a lot of sacks. Kirk Cousins has taken a ton of hits. Um, part of the reason why he's throwing so much is they find themselves in a lot of throwing situations. Um, uh, Unfortunately for the opposition, he's still got some really good receivers to throw to, so they've been productive when they've given him time to throw, Uh, but uh, the Packers need to be able to replicate what other teams have done and put a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. We've seen Cousins at his best and at his worst Mm -hmm. against the Packers. Um, He's had some pretty solid games in Lambeau Field, but he's also had some real stinkers at Lambeau Field. So, I, I, you know, this is a late season game coming to Lambo outside. Vikings have not had to play outside much in the second half of the season. And I, I think Great. the elements could, could come into play, especially if we're able to get some pressure uh, on Kirk Cousins early and, um, and really force him to you have to make some decisions with the football. Um, if we can, you know, Get get some situations where we can get a couple of turnovers. Um, we really have to take advantage of that because um, uh, we've seen what the Vikings are able to do in putting up points in a hurry. Um, they just made that big comeback, uh, the biggest comeback in NFL history against the Colts a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and um, despite uh pitching a second half shutout against the dolphins. I'm not like super confident that this Packer defense is going to come in and shut this Viking offense down. So um so I think it starts with that defensive line. Um that's one of the potential matchups, Dane, but um but I, I think it'd be really important to see uh if there's some ways that we can can really figure out how to slow Dalvin cook down and this vikings rushing attack and um and force them into more of those passing situations despite how good they've been at times and how good justin jefferson and adam thielen can be um i that's certainly going to in the long run i think play to the packers advantage um so i I do want to flip and ask you a question then um but before we get too much further into this Vikings offense against Packers defense. Um, should we take a quick break? Uh, no, let's to do it. Talk about our sponsor. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Um, so let's, uh, talk about DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, the, uh, with DraftKings right now, um, this holiday season, they are a go to betting source uh, for me especially you've got same game parlays easy and fast payouts and player prop options so if you're a new customer and you bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win their game you get 150 dollars in free bets if they do
2: Wags, that's nuts. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets. Which team will win? Play our props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost the bigger your shot to win big and wags. I mean, there's great matchups this week. Uh, we're recording on a Thursday night, but there's so many good matchups. There's, there's NFC North division rivals, Chicago and Detroit. Um, but you know, I, I look across the board. I mean, we're, we're keeping an eye on the New York giants. They're playing the Indianapolis Colts. They've been feisty. They're not great, but they've been feisty this year. Um, how about the seven and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers team against Carolina? Carolina six and nine. Uh, look out! I mean, there's so many good matchups this week um, that that I just I can't say enough about how fun it's going to be. Um, we're Packer fans. If you're listening, you're a huge Packer fan. Uh, but all these other matchups are that much sweeter and that much more interesting with DraftKings Sportsbook app.
1: Yeah. Um, how about finding a same game parlay? Um, to bet with the Browns, uh, beating commanders. So How that would it, be, Max? that would be a nice game. If you're afraid of jinxing your bests in the Packer game, just yeah. go move over to that game. And, um, there's lots of reason to cheer for the Browns, but. Uh, that might be one more uh, to give yourself one extra ones to, to really get into that game. So, folks, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use t- promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and el- eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So, Dane, we were talking a little bit about – this defense, and, and, yeah, Vikings' offensive line has surrendered 45 sacks on the season. They're in the bottom five of the league and most sacks allowed. Part of that is because the Vikings thrown the ball so much. They've thrown the ball over 600 times already this season, which is 100 more than the right. Packers. Uh, but believe it or not, I was actually a little bit surprised, Dane. Uh, In terms of passing efficiency, the Vikings' pass offense is like basically identical to what the Packers have done all season um and and that's a that's a surprise to me because we know that the Packers have had some struggles and some ups and downs in the past game but here we're talking about the 12 and 3 first place Minnesota Vikings and um you know they're the the numbers say that this is not a really good team. In fact, mm-hmm. this Vikings team, in some ways, reminds me of the first season under Coach Lafleur. Yep. Uh, they've got a first-year yep. coach of their own, and they're eleven and zero in one-score games right now, which is just ridiculous. So it's it's one of those things where uh, you got to give them credit for winning those close games. It was the opposite. Last year for the Vikings, and sometimes those things can go uh, back and forth. Clearly, they're doing some things right to, you know, execute and and finish at the end of the game. So you can't you can't sit here and call it all luck. Um, But that being said, this is not a dominating football team that's going away out there, and and really, their record is probably much better than what the team is. And so, um, it's going to be interesting to see. What adjustments the Packers make? It's it's been a long time since these teams faced off way back in Week One, um, and so I'm curious. Just sticking with that pass rush, um, what are some things that we can do outside of just winning some of those one-on-one matchups, um, and um, and trying to get some additional pressure on Kirk Cousins this week? Because uh, that's when the Packers seem to win. Uh, against the Vikings is not having to send blitzes. Kirk has been pretty good against blitzes. Um, so if they're able to get pressure with this front, um, then that could be a big difference maker. So I'm just kind of curious if there's some other things that the uh, coaching staff could do on the defense side of the ball to frustrate Kirk Cousins in this pass offense.
2: Well, Wags, I'll tell you what, and and I hate to I hate to say it like this, but it's it's just I'm being truthful, and that's why we do this podcast. The injury to Dean Lowry, as you mentioned uh, at the top of this podcast, uh, has opened the door for Devontae Wyatt. Wyatt in limited snaps has been remarkably efficient. Um, he makes major impact plays. Uh, I watched him last week in the snaps that he was able to play, That uh, he being Devontae Wyatt. He was able to rush the passer in a tremendous way. I, I saw the athleticism of a first-round pick from Devontae Wyatt. I did, and I'm not blowing smoke, folks. I watched him take on a blocker and then get around the edge and then lay the shoulder down and then cut through. And that that is not an easy play to make at the NFL level from a big man like Devontae. Um, so I think the first impact pl- uh, player that we need to look at in talking about a pass rush where we're not manu- manufacturing uh, blitzes is Devontae White. Um, If he has a day and Kenny Clark continues to perform at the level we know Kenny can play at, this is a Packers defensive line that all of a sudden is incredibly problematic for the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, and anybody else that they have to face, uh, particularly in the pass rush. So, And I sincerely mean that. I think Devontae Wyatt um, is a first-round pick. I think he's that good, and I think that he's coming on. He's getting better. Um, so I'm going to look at that right away, Wags, and that kind of inside-out pass rush that forces Kirk Cousins off his mark, makes him kind of um, roll out a little bit and get those happy feet. Kirk Cousins is very good in the pocket. Kirk Cousins is mediocre to, to slightly below mediocre when he has to get outside of the pocket and try to deliver a pass. So I'm going to watch him, and then I'm going to watch J.J. and Igbari. Uh, somebody that I know you've highlighted in the past that you and I both really like. He's been tremendous for a a rookie. coming off the edge. And he's somebody who's got a really good motor. He's somebody that's working on his hand placement. He's a work in progress, but he's already an impact player as a rookie. Um, So I want to see the Packers um, really deploy some of these young guys and have trust in some of the young guys. They drafted them for a reason. I think that they're coming into their own. And if we're going to go anywhere in the season, it's because some of these young guys have stepped up. Rashawn Gary injury has been a massive, massive uh, hole on this pass rush for this Packers defense. But a Devontae Wyatt and a JJ Anagbari, uh getting some blitz rush, getting some pressure on on um, Kirk Cousins is going to do uh, go a long way in this Packers defense performing on Sunday. And I think that they can really create the pressure uh, that causes Kirk Cousins to make some mistakes and causes Packers defense to have some plus plays.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, Also, Preston Smith, if he can Mm. continue playing the way he's been, five sacks in the last five games. Unreal. uh, Honestly, um, just really raised his level of play uh, in the last second half of the season. um, He's... He's playing exceptional football, not just in pass rush, but really in the run game. And this is an area the Packers have struggled at times. But I, I also think one of the things that's made a big difference to me with both TJ Slayton and, and Devontae Wyatt out there is they were actually moving their blockers mm. down the line of scrimmage. Dean Lowry oftentimes, and I, I, for those that are listening, I'm holding up the hands. He <laughs> would stalemate blockers but he wasn't moving blockers, and you really need to move your your line uh, towards the rushing attack, and that's what can give some of those guys uh, at the second and third level some clearer angles to be able to come up and make some plays and really uh, make some tackles. Uh, but uh, because Dean Lowry, unfortunately too often he would lock up and he wasn't actually pushing the line down. And so when Preston doing his job and really pinching the edge, uh, there's nobody there from the interior to close those gaps with Dean Lowry out on the field. Whereas with what I was seeing last week uh, with Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton, is those guys were moving their mm-hmm. offensive linemen off their spots um, and really engaging. And that was Closing those gaps down significantly, and now the running backs have to make a decision to cut, and that's going to give guys like Quay Walker a lot of uh, additional time to make decisions and come down to make a hit. So that, to me, was what we were seeing. And so, I, you know, Dane, I went back and rewatched this closely this this morning because I really wanted to make sure that what I was hearing and seeing on Sunday matched with with reality. And so that's something that excites me because those young guys are hard to move off the spots. They're just big body, they're strong, they're athletic, and they've got that motor in their lower body. And so if they continue to do that, this is a great week for that because Devin Cook, he's someone that can be very explosive if he gets a gap or a seam in the mm. hole. And he's not going to take it to the house every time that happens, but it puts a lot of pressure on that second and third level to to really support the run game. Where Dalvin Cook doesn't do do as well is when he has to make that cutback and doesn't okay. have his initial hole. I don't think he's the best running back in terms of his vision, honestly. Yeah. So um, if the Packers' defensive line and a, you know that interior defensive line, uh plays complementary to what a guy like Preston Smith has been doing most of this season, all of a sudden there's there's less gaps for those running backs to find space and find wiggle room and gas you for eight, 10 yards. And those eight to 10 yard plays become two to three yard gains or less. So that's what we saw in the second half against the Dolphins. And so that gives me encouragement that potentially we could actually have a defense that can occasionally stop opposing running games. Um, We just didn't have the right personnel out in the field. Again, with all respect to Dean Lowry, um, we have now cleared the runway for these young guys to come in and show us what we're going to do. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect. There might be some growing pains. They might make some boneheaded plays. I don't know. But I just think their athletic profile and their ability to be able to, you know, uh, get off blocks and, and really to put, to move that line of scrimmage could um, could be a, a big game changer for this Packer defense. So uh, Dane, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of an exciting prospect because now uh, you're making the Vikings potentially slightly more one dimensional. Uh, that nice. being said, yeah, go
2: ahead. Jump in. Well, I I, I want to ask you then as a follow-up, is it safe to say uh, The road to the playoffs could potentially be on the shoulders of Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, T.J. Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt. I mean, if those four guys ball out over the next two weeks, I sincerely think
1: this is a Packer team that's heading to the playoffs. I, I, I agree. And here's the thing. We're going back to before the season started and Coach Barry's taken some flack from us for calling this defensive line special. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, we haven't seen it most of the season, but I'm not ready to jump on that train quite yet based on one-half football, and they've had other moments this season, don't get me wrong, but I, I'll be really anxious to see how those guys play this Sunday because if they can continue what they were doing in that second half against the Dolphins, that's, that's a, again... That's a real game changer. This secondary has maybe underperformed at times this year, but if you give them enough opportunities where the other teams in, in a long down-and-distance pass situation, I feel like we're going to come out ahead more often than not. This is a good secondary, folks, and they've gotten beat at times. But a lot of times in the first you know, 10, 12 games of the season – opposing teams were not seeing many third downs and when they did it was third and two or three. Uh, but when there's getting third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, you know, we've seen some conversions, but more often than not, this Packer defense in those situations seems to really lock things down for the most part. So um so being able to slow down the run game is something we've been asking for for years and years and years. Uh, so I'm, I'm really anxious to see if, if we've got the right guys out there to be able to do that moving forward.
2: Wags and we have some awesome comments coming in from some new folks joining. What's up? Um, Lloyd says, got to stop Cook running around the end. Um, you mentioned Preston Smith. I mean, do you... So underrated, right? Such an underrated player on this team. We sing his praises every week, but Preston Smith's going to set that edge this week. I, I I look at this Minnesota Vikings offensive line, um, and and Darren Saw on one end, and Brian O'Neill on the other. I just I love the matchup this week. I really do. Uh, week one, throw that crap out the window. I think this is a Packers defense that's starting to feel themselves a little bit. I want to see Preston Smith ball out. I think that he's going to be able to set that edge, and he's going to make for a, a really difficult running for, for, uh, uh for Cook.
1: Yeah, uh, I completely agree. So, um, and and that's a good observation, Lloyd. We were talking about that earlier. If we're able to be able to pinch down and uh, force some cutbacks from Dalvin Cook, I just don't think he has the ability um, and the vision to be able to to make the Packers' defense pace. So, um, so big key right there. Dane, anything else for the Packers' defense against this Vikings offense that you want to hit on? I mean, we, we kind of... Didn't even really talk much about Justin Jefferson. It was more in right. the context of Kirk Cousins in the pass <sighs> offense. Um, he obviously torched us in week one. Is there something from a game plan or schematic standpoint that you expect them to do differently? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope
2: yeah. so. I mean- Justin Jefferson has been, he, he's not only torched the Packers in week one, he's torched so many teams this year. He's a remarkable talent. Um, I want to see more aggression. I want to see Jair Alexander matched up on him. We pay Jair. Jair is, um, is flowing right now. I think he's playing his best football of the year. I want to see Jair matched up on Justin Jefferson. I want to give Jair help over the top. And then I want to see Kirk Cousins beat the Packers uh, with all the other weapons uh, made available But I want to see this Packers defense be aggressive. I want to see some, some man approach with a guy over the top on Justin Jefferson. I want to see Jair trying to jam him at the line of scrimmage. And if we can take uh, Justin Jefferson away uh, from this Packer or excuse me, this Vikings offense, I think this Packers defense is going to have a lot of success because I do have a lot of faith in our run defense against Dalvin Cook. I really do call me crazy. I do, but Justin Jefferson is the number one primary guy we need to take. Uh, away from this Vikings offense.
1: Yeah, uh, I completely agree. You know, and and, and your- better,
2: easier said than done, right, Wags? I mean, Jefferson's a freak. Uh, he's he top three wide receiver, top two wide receiver in this league. Um, so he's an absolute beast. But we have a the highest paid corner in the league for a reason. So I want to see this Packers defense rely on the guys that Goody believes in.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it was interesting uh, this past week is Chris Barnes is getting snaps mm-hmm. out there on Packers uh, when they're in a dime uh, mm-hmm. defense. And he got five snaps. Uh, one of the things that I think is a little bit underrated with this inside linebacker group. We talk about the defensive line, outside linebackers, but um, they really need to make sure that they get their depth in, in passing mm-hmm. situations. So, uh, you know, it's certainly their main job is to come up and make plays against the run. I understand that, but uh, there's been times this year where uh, they've been gotten a little bit out of position, pinched down a bit. And they've—that's uh, where those crossing routes and just getting killed over the middle uh, can can make a big difference. But if Devontae Campbell and Quay Walker, uh, those are guys going to be out there majority of the snap, are able to get their depth, that can make a big difference in taking away some of those you know fifteen to twenty yard routes that the Vikings really feasted. On the Packers in Week One, um, uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously the main one that was the culprit of that. So, um, a lot of we—it's easy to think about playing pass defense uh, with the safety help over the top, but an underrated aspect of being able to take some of those initial options away is to be able to get the depth uh, on the first level with your interior linebackers, uh, because now. Uh, you've got, as a quarterback, you're going to have to kind of look away uh, from throwing across the middle because there's a higher likelihood that those passes could get deflected or picked off. Um, was all Campbell do that in the fourth quarter last week as he got some nice depth and was able to make that interception. So it, that's going to be another big key in this past game this week as well is to make sure that our, uh, linebackers are able to play support. Um, maybe not be the primary coverage. Uh, but to try to take some of those things away underneath as well.
2: No, that's, that's a great observation, Wags. So Wags, we're like 50 minutes into this podcast. We haven't even talked about the Packer because there's so much to talk about. We're so excited. If you couldn't tell, um, this is a team that's trying to make
1: the playoffs. Right. And, um yeah. we let's just, we probably let's should look, have done a recap on Monday but but, yeah, but that's yeah, no, okay. We just love this
2: team. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. Um so let's look this is a, a, a middle of the road defense as far as I'm concerned for the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team um that wins close games. Um they've got some guys that pop out. I mean of course, Darius Smith is somebody who's going to look to try to get some revenge against the Packers. Eric Kendricks, longtime player. But, Legs, looking at this defense, are there any guys that really pop out to you? How do you see this Packers offense trying to uh, maneuver and exploit this Minnesota Vikings defense? Led by Ed Donatel, former Packers defensive coordinator from the way back machine, back and forth in 4th and 26, uh, back in 2003-2004 era, Ed Donatel is now the defense Coordinator for the Vikings. How do the Packers try to take advantage of Ed Donatel and this Vikings defense?
1: Well, it starts with running the football. In week one, they were not able to get any rhythm offensively. And it, it really, a lot of that was we didn't have David Bakhtiari. We didn't have Elton Jenkins. We had some new guys that were shuffling around on the uh, offensive line. Um, so we, there were injuries. We were beat up. And, you know, um, obviously, you know, the first play, big drop from Christian Watson if he's not able to go this week. It's not like the Packers can go out there and replicate that. But um I don't know how healthy Aaron Jones will be for Sunday. But regardless, uh, we expect him to be out there along with A.J. Dylan, And we need to get this run game going. Uh, we didn't run the ball well enough last week against the Dolphins. And this is a Vikings defense that I think can be exploited. Uh, against a run. And so, um, that's going to have to be the first thing, uh, that we get going to be able to have any rhythm, convert third downs. So, um, I expect to see a, a healthy dose of that. Um, one of the things that you have to avoid though is getting into too many third down situations. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult balance we were two for 14 on third down. I would have really preferred that the Packers didn't have 14 third downs to have to deal with to begin <laughs> right. with. So, so that's a big number. Um, so if we can, you know, be more efficient on first and second down, we don't see as many third downs. We're moving the chains and, and then, then you're not in situations where you decided to go forward on fourth down or having to punt the ball away. Um, so it's difficult because if you tried to really establish a run and you're getting four or five yards a run, then you might find yourself in a lot of third downs. Uh, So that being said, if they're third and short, we've got to be more efficient on third down as well. Um, And that, that will make a difference. The Vikings do have a pretty good pass rush. Um, we were very familiar with Daniel Hunter and Zedaria Smith. So we don't want to be in a lot of situations where it's third and eight to third and 10, to third and 12. They're going to be aggressive in those situations. They uh, do like to bring their interior uh, linebackers, bring a little bit of extra pressure. Um, Aaron does well against the blitz traditionally however when you've got two really good outside pass rushers when you bring extra guys up the middle um even aaron can have a little bit of difficulty with that because he's not going to have as much room to roll and move around in the pocket he can't step up and he's got pressure coming around the edge doesn't give them a lot of room or a lot of uh, ways to maneuver and get out of there. So um, certainly if the Packers are not in those third and long situations, that minimizes their uh, Vikings defense ability to really bring that pressure. Uh, So that's going to be the biggest thing. I'm anxious to see if David Bakhtiar is actually cleared and is ready to play. Sounds like they're optimistic, but until he's actually out there on Sunday uh, with what we've seen from David, uh, I, I can't sit here and say that with any certainty that he's going to be. Um, so I think that's a big thing. If Josh and I'm able to be out there on the right side um, or if it's Zach Tom, I'm feeling a lot more confident in our offensive line's ability to maintain and, and hold up against that pressure for the de- defense of the Vikings. Um, then as far as the pass game, Dane, I think if Christian Watson is not able to go, um, we've seen so little of our young tight ends in Bob Tunyon and Josiah Jaguara getting involved in the pass game. So I don't know if it's a little bit out on a limb to expect them to suddenly be getting a a heavier dose uh, of the game plan this week, but there's not a lot of other places I feel like we can go. Um, Certainly Romeo Dobbs can do his thing, but that's not the release valve. I, I, I guess I don't, feel terribly comfortable relying on Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobb and Alan Zard to go out there and really be a consistent part of this pass game. Um, With respect to those guys, I I, I would like to see us become a little bit more well-rounded and let's see if we can utilize those tight ends. Am I crazy to think that we can figure out a way to get those guys more involved? Because I think this would be a good week to be able to do that.
2: No, I mean, I think that's a really good point, Wags. And, it start. I mean, Romeo, or excuse me, Alan Lazard's got to catch the ball. So that's the first thing. So, so he had a number of drops. I didn't think he had his best performance last week against Miami. Um, so when, when the wide receivers have an opportunity to catch the ball, they need to catch the ball. But um, you said it, Mercedes Lewis, I think kind of by the element of surprise was able to slip out and get a couple big splash plays last week uh, down there in Miami. But um, don't be surprised if this week it is a Robert Tunyon or, or a DeGuar or somebody else that's able to step up. I mean, I, I do think if the Packers are going to win this game, they're going to be successful moving the chains um, and getting in the end zone. You need to run the ball, but you're also going to have to find new targets. Uh Aaron Rodgers is gonna have to find guys that are gonna be open. He's gonna have to find guys that maybe are his second or his third read and just find the open guy and keep moving the chains and keep moving the ball downfield. So um, you know, I I I think we're both on record. DeGuara's been very good in his limited snaps this year, I think in in um, you know run blocking, for lack of a better term, out of the backfield. But I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved. But Robert Tonyan is really the guy I want to circle this week as somebody against this Minnesota Vikings defense. I look at this Vikings defense. They are truly um, a middling defense. And, and I look at the inside linebackers. I look at um, Hunter and Kendricks and Hicks. These are all guys that can rush the passer at times. But I don't think that the Vikings are all that comfortable with them in space trying to keep up with an athletic tight end. I would love to see this as a week where Tunyon gets five, six receptions and really kind of blows that expectation out of the water because I think that he is a guy who can really find the vulnerabilities in this Minnesota Vikings defense. So to your point, this could truly be a Robert Tunyon week where he finds a soft spot in the zone beats the guy and the man, and Aaron is just kind of firing shots over the middle and Tunny and keeps the
0: chains moving.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The Vikings actually giving up the second most yards per attempt in the league uh, behind only uh, the Detroit Lions. That's
2: remarkable, uh, right, with a team that's got like, what, 12 wins? That's incredible that the Vikings have those stat lines.
1: Yeah, now, for context, part of that is that – They've been on a lot of back and forth games. They have played with the lead a lot. And that's, that's led to some of these closer games at the end. I think is, um, for whatever reason, they've allowed teams to get back into games and, and make these games really close at the end. Um, so that can play into it to a degree. Uh, but uh, on the flip side, if if we can be aggressive and efficient passing the ball on first down, all of a sudden that kind of pulls guys away from the line of scrimmage. Um, it, it really reduces right. the ability uh, of their pass rushers to just pin their ears back and get overly aggressive, bringing extra guys. And then that might actually open some things up in the run game as well. Um, and, and so it, it's about being able to, Force this Vikings defense into making some second or third adjustments in this game. And so I think they're going to come out and they're going to try to stop the Packers run game mm-hmm. because without a run game, Packers have not shown that they have the ability to be consistent and efficient offensively all season. Um, but that does potentially open some things up in the past game. So we're going to need to, as you said, we can't have drops. Romeo Dobbs and Alonzar can't be dropping the football again like they did last week. Um, you know, we might need a little bit more from Randall Cobb in the past game this week. Uh, he's, been, he's been solid for us all season, but we might need more of a five reception for 60 to 70 yard type game from Randall Cobb this week. Um, and so I, I don't want to put too much on him, but if it's not if it's not the tight ends, if if Bob Tunyon can't get involved, if Aaron Jones still isn't 100%. I would say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, too, in the past game could get a few more looks, but that hasn't been an emphasis of this offense all season, um, let alone with Aaron Jones less than 100%. So right. I, I have a hard time seeing that as as, as much as I'd like to see it. Um, it doesn't seem like that's, that's a route that this Packer uh, coaching staff has um, really tried to exploit. This season, for whatever reason. So, um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think we can go out there, do what we need to do. I have more confidence in this offense than I've had, uh, certainly a month or two ago. Uh, but, without Christian Watson out there, it certainly shortens the field a, a little bit for this Vikings defense. Uh, they can condense things down and and Harrison Smith uh, can fly around and, and come in and really try to disrupt the the running game like he likes to do uh, and not have to worry too much about anyone beating them over the top. So in some regards, they're going to have to do that cat and mouse and, and try to figure out some ways to find some openings and find some holes. Um, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of roll the pocket a little bit uh, and perhaps get DeGuara and get uh, Bob Tunyon. I'm not saying, you know, six, seven receptions for those guys, but even if they can get three, four a piece, um, that could be something that could make a difference in moving the chains uh, and, and allowing this Packer offense to find its rhythm.
2: Wags. How important is Aaron Rodgers in this game? And and I, I I know that's kind of a puff question, but you know some weeks the quarterback can hide. Some weeks the I I say hide in air quotes, folks. But like you know some weeks the quarterback's not important. But in this kind of matchup, does Aaron have to have an A game to win this uh, game? A B game? You know what? How do you feel about that? All
1: right, he, does he have to have an A game? No. I, do you think he has to have an A game? I I don't think he does. It should be nice though. <laughs> I'd love to ha- see it. Um, I don't know if we've gotten an A-game a from Aaron all season by his standards. Uh, by his so, standards, right. Yeah, I, I really don't. Uh, so thats I-, I don't think I'm being groundbreaking there by saying that. Um, he was not that great last week. He was fine, but he, he missed a lot of throws. And that second quarter particularly uh, had Watson uh, on that uh, third and short. Or actually, I'm sorry, that was on fourth down, wasn't fourth it, down. Uh, when right. they went for it. And um, uh, certainly wouldn't have taken a perfect throw uh, for that to have been a touchdown. Um, you know, he he missed some 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 guys on some other throws. I think he missed missed either Dylan or Jones pretty bad out of the backfield on on another play. Um, just sailed a few balls. Uh, so uh, his his fundamentals just haven't really been on point. And uh, unfortunately, I know he's had some injuries, uh, but uh, I, I I think. We're going to need to see some more pinpoint accuracy on some of these throws. And and then the guys need to make those catches. Um, what we can't afford is to be shooting ourselves on the foot. Uh, those are just series and drives, you know, drive killers when it's, it's, First and ten from the fifty-yard line, and Alonzar drops a a wide open catch for twelve or thirteen yards over the middle. That would have put them in field goal range um, and given them a lead in the second quarter. So, or or potentially they go down and and score a touchdown um, if you move the change there and kind of keep things going. So, you know, those are those things that they feel, you know, they feel. Big in the moment, but they're even bigger when you put it under the microscope of, of looking at a full four quarter game because, um, you know you don't have that many offensive opportunities, so unfortunately. True. So you've got to you, you know those those things all kind of add up and 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 need to get cleaned up. So, um, Dane, I'm gonna flip the question back on you though. Like, what what type of performance can we get on Aaron Rodgers? I asked you this last week and the week before. Can we get vintage Aaron Rodgers performance in the last few weeks of the season and so far he's been fine against the Rams and the Vikings I'm not the Rams and Vikings the Rams and the Dolphins but not vintage A level performance by any means maybe like B minus level performance from what I would consider for Aaron Rodgers so um you know is this the week um in your eyes that he could really raise his level of play uh, to uh, that vintage or that A level performance? Yeah, probably not.
2: Um, if I'm being totally direct with you, um, Aaron hasn't had a 300 yard game, passing game this year. Um, that's just not how this offense is looking. That's not what they're asking of Aaron, and and that doesn't seem to be something that Aaron's really able to do right now. If, if I'm being real with you, but a B or a B plus performance uh, from an Aaron Rodgers, you know, his, we're grading on a curve folks, Aaron Rogers MVP four times, right? Um, B to B plus they're going to win the game. I think more likely than not. I think that that means that he's going to be threading some needles. He's going to be making some plays. Um, so that's what we're hoping for. But more than that, more than the stats, more than the touchdown passes, more than everything else. It's about how he carries himself for me. Um, if he looks to be in it, if he looks to, you know, we've gotten used to grumpy Aaron, we've gotten used to frustrated Aaron. I think over the years, but if he's got a little of that swag, right? We see him run, tuck the ball down, and try to pick up a first down. We see him pop up and beat his chest a little bit. That's an Aaron Rodgers that seems to be totally focused, trying to win the football game. It's when you see Aaron back there behind the, you know, behind the the um, the huddle kind of putting his arms up, shouting at the sidelines. That's always a concern to me. So I don't care so much about stats uh, as I care about Aaron, kind of just being the Rodgers that we're, we we want to see. Um, it, because he, I Engaged. think, when he's winning football games, he's carrying himself in a certain way. And I think a lot of the Packer offense in particular feeds off of like a positive Aaron. So that's the Aaron I want to see.
1: Yeah. Uh because he can still make big plays and situational moments, right? So, yes. um so engaged, locked in, and, and and really allowing the game to come to him. Not not not. Grumpy taking Aaron, un- right? Yeah, yeah, not being grumpy Aaron, not yeah. not chucking the ball downfield on first, second, and third down. <laughs> <laughs> right. And
2: then we're all freaking out at home, right? We don't need
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Dane, we've gone over an hour. So I think, <laughs> um, you know. We can go two
2: be... hours if you want, Wags. I'm here yeah. for it.
1: Yeah, let's <laughs> let's shift here and uh, kind of look at uh, our X factors. And this is a segment that's brought to you by Leap Spirits. Leap Spirits vodka, as well as Leap and Lemonade, uh, can be found in retail stores all over Wisconsin, as well as in restaurants. So, to find Leap Spirits Vodka and Leapin' Lemonade in a store or restaurant near you, go to LeapSpirits.com and click on Find Leap Spirits. So, Dane, looking at X-Factors for this week, uh, we know a couple of our big-time X-Factors may not be going this week, and Christian Watson and Kayshawn Nixon. So who are you circling as uh, so as we look at some of the other guys uh, that could be an X factor and make a, a difference and an impact um, on both the offensive and decent side of the ball this week?
2: i go offense. I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon. Um, I think A.J. Dillon's getting hot. He's played really good football. He's clearly, I mean, he carries a pile. He's had really good vision. Wegs, we need a big performance out of A.J. Dillon. Um, you know, I just got done saying, I don't know if we need a a performance from Aaron Rodgers. We might need an, uh, a performance from A.J. Dillon. I want to see him carry the pile. I want to see him catch a couple balls out of the backfield, do some good pass pro when necessary, and just be kind of at his top level, secure the ball, um, Yeah, A.J. Dillon's my X-Factor, my Leap Spirits X-Factor on offense. I think he's uh, a supremely talented back who's getting better and better. We've seen the best out of him in the last five or six weeks. We need another huge performance at Lambeau Field, cold weather, barreling over Viking defenders when they're getting tired in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a a really good selection there. I'm going to go with another guy that we could talk about vintage performances. I I teased it just a few minutes back. Randall Cobb. Um, let's call him Mr. January. Love it. And I think this is a big moment. This is the type of game and type of moment that we bought Randall Cobb back for. Is he someone that we would want to rely on as our first or second or even third receiver over the course of an uh, 18-week season? No, he's had some nice games this season. But I think when the chips are down, He's the guy that Aaron can rely on, be that release valve, and come up with some big plays. And I think we're going to need him this week if Christian Watson's unable to go. We might need him even if Christian Watson is able to tough it out and get out there. And so I'm looking for Randall Cobb to make an impact on this game. And if he can do that, I think that will make a significant uh, difference in contributing to a potential Packers victory um, and vintage performance from Aaron. How about a little vintage performance from Randall Cobb to go along with that.
2: Thanks. You're telling me Randall Cobb, Jan one, 2023 at Lambeau field against the Minnesota Vikings. I'll take that every day of the week. I love that selection.
1: Yep. So absolutely. good.
2: Um, Defensive side, I'm going to let you go first. I'm curious who you got as your leap Spirits X-Factor on defense.
1: Yeah, um, well, I think we we spent so much time talking about this defensive line. How can we not look there? Um, So I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt. It looks like he's going to continue to be someone that will be the recipient of a bunch of more snaps this week with Dean Lowry getting sent to the uh, IR. And so uh, certainly T.J. Slayton will get a bump there as well, uh, but we're going to need this young man to step up in a big way. He's been up for it you in know, small sample size this year. Um, so we've been singing his praises and wanting to see him get more snap. Well, now is this big opportunity. So uh, starting this week, let's see what type of impact he is able to make in the middle of that defense. He's going to have Kenny Clark. and If we get anything close to the performance we got out of Jaron Reed last week, um, and TJ Slayton continu- continue to make positive contributions, Devontae Wyatt, I'll tell you what, could be that level of true x factor on this defensive line Uh, you said it he can get pressure on the quarterback from up the middle uh, with his pass rushing ability um, and his his ability to shed blockers and to to get upfield and try to get uh, after the quarterback only had half a tackle uh, in the box score last week but both of us are saying our eyes tell, yes. told us that he was more involved in making some of those plays or initiating some of those stops um, at or, or behind the line of scrimmage. And so Devontae Wyatt, for that reason, I'm excited to see what he can do with a more full complement of snap opportunities. And um, if he's able to take advantage of it, it could really, really, truly be a, a, an X factor for this defense starting this week.
2: I think that's a terrific selection, Wags, and um, su- such an important position, too. It's not necessarily sexy, but that defensive line position, if you've got a guy who can lock things down and get after the quarterback, it's so important. Um, I'm going to go opposite. I, I, I'll i tell you what. Uh, for my Leaf Spirits defensive player of Week 17, I'm going to go with the old vet Adrian Amos. Um, Adrian Amos is a guy that I have been critical of. At times this year. I think that he's lost a step. I've, I've said it. I I, I love Adrian, but he just looks to be a little out of sorts. And I think that a little slow uh, at times this year. And but I think he's got some left in him. And I want to see Adrian Amos play a vintage Adrian Amos performance. We're going to need to try to take away Justin Jefferson wherever we can. I expect Jair to play a healthy dose on Jefferson uh, this week. I'm sure that he's been in coach Barry's office every day saying, Hey man, like I'm going to play this guy this week. Right. Um, But he's going to need some help over the top. I want to see Adrian Amos do what we need him to do. I want to see Adrian Amos get a a turnover. I want to see him step, you know, step up and do the things that we need from him. So uh, for all of those reasons, um, Adrian Amos is going to be my X factor uh, leap spirit. See if he's a player week 17. And if he plays well, I think we can win a football game.
0: All
1: right. Um, I think that's a great selection as well. And certainly we need to make sure that Justin Jefferson isn't outrunning our too high coverage. uh, The way that Tyree kill was able to do last week. Um, So if Adrian Amos can kind of button that up, that would be fantastic. Um, Dane, I'm going to let you lead this week on the score predictions. What have you got? This is a big-time moment, big-time game for the Packers, if they're going to have any opportunity to get in the playoffs.
2: So I read somewhere this week that the Minnesota Vikings are 11-0 in one-score games this year. Um, I think the Packers are about to make them 11-1. I I think that it's going to be a 38-34 Green Bay Packer victory, high scoring game. I'm going big this week, Wags, at Lambeau Field in the cold. I think the offense goes off. I think that Rodgers has a really nice performance. I don't think the Vikings defense has any chance against this Packers offensive line, and they're playing catch up most of the game. It gets close near the end because the Vikings play this catch up type of game. But for all those reasons and all those reasons more, the Green Bay Packers are going to win this game 38 to 34. Packers win, they go on to week 18 and face the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field.
1: 38 points, huh? Well, yeah. that's that's uh that's, that's a lot of points for this Packer offense, but I, know. I I'll take we said it last week we'd take the win no matter how it, it it happens. Um certainly wasn't always pretty last week and we took the win no matter what. Yeah. So I would take it if that's the if that's how we have to do it. Um I've got a slightly different uh, game flow. I, I think the Packers defense can continue with this takeaway train uh, from last week. Sometimes it's funny. Um, there's no rhyme or reason for when takeaways happen. That shouldn't be a momentum thing, but I'm just going to say that this is a week that the Packers get at least three takeaways from this Whoa. Vikings offense, and so that can really put a damper on what the Vikings are able to do in terms of putting up points. Um, I actually think, uh, I don't know why, I, I just, for whatever reason, and and I hope I'm not going to eat my words on this, but I think the Packers are going to win this game comfortably. Um, 31-21 is the final Woo. that I have. Um, three turnovers the Packer defense is going to force, and that's going to put the Packers in position to get some points. I think they'll convert two of those those into touchdowns this week. Packer offense may not be crisp for all four quarters, uh, but it's going to start with the, some of those takeaways from the defense. We'll be more efficient in the red zone, and that'll be uh, enough to kind of, uh, I think, cruise. Uh, Kirk has been so up and down. Kirk Cousins in some of the cold weather Lambo games. I'm just going to be optimistic that this is going to be one of those down games. Pack- the Vikings can go ahead and keep their perfect record in one-score games because this isn't going to be one of them. Packers take care of business and uh, roll into Week 18 with a chance to secure a playoff berth uh, against the Lions with it all on the line.
2: Man, I love it, Wags, and, and you're getting me fired up now. Uh, that's why this pod's going so damn long tonight. We're talking about Packer wins here. I love it. And John, in the comments, is 27-10 Packers. Love the optimism. We're feeling it this week, Wags. Um, are you fired up? Because we're playing Packer football, meaningful games, week 17 at Lambeau Field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So listen, folks, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Have a very safe and fun and happy New Year's. And uh, let's uh, get another Packer win New Year's Day on Sunday and um just uh, it's exciting the packers continue to play meaningful football here down the stretch um and that we can continue to talk about a potential run into the playoffs so let's keep that going here this week and um then it's all going to be set up hopefully um for a storybook ending to this regular season in week 18 so folks thanks so much as always be legendary and go pack go pack go back Every year I know we gonna go hard, we been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go, pack go, Ain't show sure with no mercy, cutting
0: no slack, no I ain't the best sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say